This podcast is a production of Phoenix Media. Explore more episodes of this show and other great shows on the Phoenix Media Podcast Network by visiting phoenixmedia.us. The views expressed do not necessarily represent those of the company or its advertisers and may contain language that's unsuitable for younger listeners. I'm about to do to you what Limp Bizkit did to music in the late 90s. Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. Episode of the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. It is Tuesday, May 18th, where your daily dose of laughs and levity in a crazy, crazy world. I'm joined by my co-host, the Savage One, Mr. Tony Spark. Tony, how you doing today? Hey, it started out a good morning, but right before the break, or right before we kicked on air, I made my tea and I, you know, mixed in my honey, and then uh, I gave it a little too much twirl, and then the, the mug tilted. Oh no! Everywhere, yeah, everywhere. <laughs> so I spent the last five minutes cleaning up this big ass tea mess. So aside from that, dude, the Avs won last night, four to one against the St. Louis Blues. I'm happy. I can't complain. I'm alive. I'm awake. And they halt the construction outside, so we might get through the whole hour with no uh, outside interference there. Oh, so that, would be, that would be nice. Yeah, they seem to like yeah, to do fingers, construction right as we start the show. They, so. they do, man. It's kind of a pain in the ass. But uh, how are you doing this morning? <laughs> you know, I'm doing pretty good. Got to bed early, uh, slept in unintentionally a little bit uh, this morning. But uh, you know what? With the uh, one-hour show, it's a little bit easier to prep. So, uh, you know, I was able to roll in here and, and get things ready. And uh, you know what? We're going to have an awesome show today. So uh, let's go Absolutely. ahead and kick things off the way we do each and every day with a question for my co-host tony you uh recently got back from walt disney world have you ever gotten lost or misfound your way through a ride oh boy um i guess not not a ride at like not a disney or anything like that but uh I would say as a kid, you know, like those old carny carnivals that would show up at your local town, uh, the old school mazes, you know, you go into the maze with the glass window. I know it's designed to do that, mm. but yeah, but maybe that when I was a kid. Okay. All right. That's as an enough. adult, I haven't had that issue, but as a kid, I'd say that. I always thought it would be uh, strange to get stuck in one of those. And then of course, you know, overnight they kind of pack up and move on and, yeah, you, know, you you end up in the next town over because uh, you can never find your way out of the maze. <laughs> oh, that'd be creepy. Yeah. <laughs> well, all that it's goes horrifying to think about. All that goes to say that Helena Mulvey on TikTok was excited about her upcoming trip to Walt Disney World. 
While thinking about her future trip, it sparked a memory and unbelievable time at Disneyland in 2019 that she just had to share with her followers. Helena and her sister were about to enjoy a zippity doo day aboard Splash Mountain. The two boarded the log flume and were on their way through the ride when suddenly it broke down and a cast member instructed them to get off. For many Disney guests who have been through this evacuation process, we know that cast members will ensure that the guests follow instructions and safely exit the ride in a timely manner. However, Helena and her sister say they experienced something a bit different. And this is from her. It says, uh, I'm going to Disney World tomorrow. My sister and I were just talking about this story today when we went to Disneyland in 2019 and we got lost inside of Splash Mountain. The ride broke down. The cast member came over. She was like, everybody get up and go to the right. And there was no further instructions. We ended up at the top of Splash Mountain and all the people down below were looking up at us. And then we somehow ended up under the ride. 10 out of 10 recommended. One good thing to remember is that if you are ever stuck on an attraction and cast members are in the process of evacuating guests, it is important to note that you should always follow the cast members' instructions when evacuating attractions and be aware of your surroundings so that you can remain safe as you exit the ride. But uh, yeah, you know, it sounds like uh, they just, you know, took a right, maybe when they should have taken a left, ended up at the top of Splash Mountain, which would be awesome to see sort of the inner workings of these rides. But, uh, yeah, can't say that's ever happened to me. Yeah, never had that problem where I've had to get off of a uh, an attraction at Disney. I've been on rides that have broken down at Disney, but never anything that you've had to actually evacuate on. So. <laughs> now, one that I did, it, not necessarily evacuate, but, uh, you know, when you're on uh, um, Space Mountain and you pull up and right before you get on to the ride itself. So you're already strapped in. They pull you up. There's that piece of glass in front of you with uh, some cast members. It looks like they're checking a few things and then they take you off. Well, at one point we were there and there was a very large family also on the ride. And uh, instead of going to the right to go onto the ride, they diverted us off to the left and they had to uh, redistribute the weight. <laughs> oh, wow. So, uh, See, and that, that's a hidden secret alone. I didn't know that, like, if it diverted. But if you've been on the ride enough, like you and I have, you would be like, eh, this isn't normal. Is this a new addition? Yeah, yeah. No, it was definitely not normal. And I guess because uh, I was asking a cast member afterwards, if there's too much weight, there's a fear that it'll our car would catch up to the car in front of us and that could cause problems. So, uh, yeah, that's why they had to redistribute it. Well, (laughs) I guess it's not a bad idea. Yep. Yikes. Yeah. Well, folks, it is Tuesday. We've got a wonderful show lined up for you today. Let's talk about today's show, shall we? It is Taco Tuesday. Woo! It is Taco Tuesday. And today we've got uh, ridiculous TV and movie tropes. We round out the day with This Day in History. And up next, being that it's Tuesday, we've got Animal Tales sponsored by RoughRiders.org. I like turtles. (laughs) Folks, do not go anywhere. We will be right back. Ooh, yeah, let me tell you something right here, uh uh-huh. It's the Loot Crate subscription box, yeah, full of exclusive loot on surprises delivered to your door every month. Just pick up your favorite geeky genre, daddy. (laughs) 
from the original Loot Crate. The Loot Crate DX collectible boxes, dude. Cowabunga! To the Loot Gaming video game box. Woohoo! Yeehoo! Browsers! With crates starting as large as $11.99 per month, those are facts just about for all collectors. To get your geek on, head over to phoenixmedia.us forward slash loot crate and claim your exclusive offer. That's F-E-N-I-X media.us forward slash loot crate. Great Scott! Snap into a loot crate, it. Get everything you need for the Christian Phoenix Radio Show over at phoenixmedia.us or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash phoenixmediaradio. Now back to the show. And we are back, folks. This is the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. We've got a little thing we talk about a couple times each show. It is the Phoenix Line, our 24-hour day, seven-day-a-week voicemail line, giving you guys, the listeners and watchers, an opportunity to chime in on anything whatsoever. Maybe you got lost at a theme park or in a ride itself. We want to know about it. Give us a call at 855-PHOENIX-RADIO. That's 855-F-E-N-I-X-R-D-O or 855-336-4973. All we ask is that you keep it entertaining. We'll compile those together, put them out in a future show. Now, it is Tuesday, and as we do on Tuesdays, we like to look at Animal Tales, sponsored by RoughRiders.org. Now, RoughRiders is a local 501c3 nonprofit dedicated to the transport of dogs from the rural outlying shelters where they may not have a chance, bringing them here to the local uh, metro Reno, northern Nevada area, working with local shelters and rescues to find them homes, give them a second chance at life. If you want to know more about Rough Riders, head over to roughriders.org. That's R-U-F-F riders.org. Or on uh, Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Rough Riders Saves. Now, with that out of the way, let's go ahead and explore those animal tales. Dogs and the cats, they take up the middle where the honeybee hums and the cricket fiddles, the donkey prays and the bony neighs, the old great badger sighs. Listen to the bass, it's the one on the bottom where the bullfrog croaks and the hippopotamus moans and groans with the big to-do and the old cow just goes moo. And the old cow just goes moo. Now, we don't have any... We don't have any stories about cows today, but let's go ahead and kick off with this first one. Ratna, a 17-year-old Sumatran tiger, lives at the Shepherd Wildlife Park near Cambridge, UK. Staff noticed her left eye, which had previously had a cataract removed, was deteriorating and a corneal ulcer was diagnosed by a specialist eye vet. Corneal surgeon, uh, corneal, boy, words are hard today, corneal Surgery, which is not uncommon on domestic cats and dogs, required a lot more anesthetic on Ratna. Surgeon Dr. David Williams from the Queen's Veterinary School Hospital at the University of Cambridge said after two months of careful monitoring, he was delighted to be able to sign Ratna off as fully healed. The tiger had cataract surgery before she and uh, her daughter were moved to the wildlife park in early 2019 to live out their twilight years. Because she needed daily eye drops, the health of her left eye was being closely monitored by staff. An initial operation carried out in early February to treat a discoloration did not have the desired effect and her eye continued to deteriorate. Dr. Williams, who went to Shepreth to check on the ulcer, said, I think perhaps she'd managed to jab her eye on a stick of bamboo in her enclosure. 
The very next day, together with Steve Phillip, a vet from the International Zoo Veterinary Group, he carried out what is believed to be the world's first operation on a big cat. On a world first operation. Obviously, they've done more than that. The hood graft procedure involved a flap of conjunctiva, the pink of the eye secured over the cornea, which allows the cornea to heal itself, said Dr. Williams. It's like we might do with a domestic cat, but with a lot more anesthetic, he said of the 30-minute operation. But I don't think anyone ever done it before in the species. Ratna's favorite pastime is sitting on the top platform in her enclosure, but the park's director, Rebecca Willers, said before the operation, she seemed to have become a little uncertain about getting down again. Her coordination seems much better now, and the best thing is the operation has eradicated the need for Ratna to have eye drops, and she was never keen on those anyway, she added. So, uh, yeah, you know, it goes back, oh, man. <laughs> I was going to, uh, I had pulled up a sound bite for um, uh, just this bit, obviously Survivor's Eye of the Tiger, and uh, I, for- uh. I forgot to save it in the... <laughs> The soundboard. So, so when you when you hit the button, nothing happened, right? Nothing happened. Yeah. Oh, okay. So then this is where the, we'll just fill that in. I like turtles. <laughs> it's not. It's not quite a tiger, but uh, you know. Yeah. Best laid yeah, plans. Wow. Best laid plans, mice and men. Oh well. There. You, there you go. All right. Well, let's move on with our next story in Animal Tales. All right, this one, after a long day at work, there's nothing better than running yourself a hot bath and taking a long, relaxing soak. But one woman's plan to hit the tub uh, was rocked by a nasty surprise she found waiting for her hidden in her trap. TikTok user Lucy shared a video online of her investigating her trap, sorry, her tap. I'm telling you, words are hard today. After no it scene, is a tough and It's not even Wednesday. Yet. I know. After no scene, just daily. creepy black wires hanging out of it. But what she thought was wires actually left her traumatized as she discovered it was, in fact, a huge spider that had wedged itself inside. So I saw these things sticking out of the bath tap, she said, as she moved the camera up toward the tap to reveal the spider hanging right on the edge of the faucet, leaving her shocked. Oh, my God, she wrote, before then turning on the taps to get the spider to budge. Uh, as the water started to come out, the huge spider came with it and was left in the bath, horrifying those watching as thousands commented on the video that has since gone viral. I would have died, said one person, while another wrote, my heart would have stopped. Others joked that they were waiting for the spider to jump out at the camera, with some even refusing to watch until the end of the video. They were so traumatized. I was waiting for the jump. I couldn't even look at it anymore, said one person. The fourth posted, me laying in the bath, poking my toe up in the tap. Nope, never again. (laughs) <laughs> For some, the thought of this happening to them was a little too much to handle. One viewer joked, I'm never having a bath again. That is you would- yeah, that is one of my biggest fears and obviously <laughs> uh, stemmed from the movie probably Arachnophobia. And, you know, there is that scene where she's in the uh, shower doing her hair and the spider comes. And luckily it didn't bite her. It slipped all the way down. But, uh, oh. I, I would lose. You'd be it. happy to know that I flicked the spider off my counter as I was cleaning the tea mess. So, just for you, buddy, I flicked him. Um, you would have freaked out uh, on Saturday when I was over at Jim and Renee's house. Uh, their daughter Melanie, big spider lover. She has all kinds of little tanks and things, and 
little colored spiders. There's blue spiders, tarantulas. Wow. Oh, yeah, you would have loved that. You would have loved it. It was your <laughs> own personal hell room. Right. That's Yeah, like, <laughs> you want to play a game? That's, that's your room. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> as long as they're behind glass or in a terrarium, I, I'm cautiously okay um, if they have the ability to get out or if they're free roaming. Nope. Nope, not happening. Yeah. Well, it, it, in dual note, she also had a snake in there in, in the thing. She's like, do you want to hold Kevin? Nope. <laughs> I did not. I'm good. Yeah, there would certainly be a Christian-sized hole in that wall over there, uh, you know, <laughs> cartoon <laughs> style. Yeah, animated. Yeah, very <laughs> Warner Brothers-esque. <laughs> well, let's keep moving on uh, with our last story here in Animal Tales. <laughs> Ooh, I like that dog sound. <laughs> World-famous gay penguin couple Sven and Magic have become dads for the second time after hatching another chick neglected by a straight couple. Sven and Magic, two male Gen 2 penguins at the Sea Life Aquarium in Sydney, found fame in October t- 2018 when they hatched their first chick after zookeepers noticed them attempting to hatch a rock and gave them a spare egg to look after. With their parenting prowess proven, they are now the zoo's go-to adoptive dads for eggs neglected by other penguin couples. Their first check, Laura, nicknamed Svenjik, has now grown up and moved on to start a family of her own. But Sven and Magic are still as keen as ever to be part of a family and welcomed a second check. Chick, not check. The zoo told the Star Observer on Monday... If one of our pairs has too many eggs or are not good at looking after their eggs, we will sometimes foster these eggs out to the pairs like Sven and Magic. We gave Sven and Magic an egg to incubate as they have proven to be good parents in the past. Both dads and the new chick are doing well. Same-sex parents are not uncommon among penguins, the zoo explained. Penguins, including Gentoo penguins, are among the many species in which male-male or female-female pairing occur frequently, and we are fortunate to have our own male-male pair. Just like our other Gentoo parents, Sven and Magic are attentive and incredibly caring, and we feel privileged to have such an amazing duo in our colony. The zoo added, Laura is now two years old and surprising us every day with how independent she is. Despite still being relatively young, she attempted to take part in this year's breeding season. She and her partner set up a nest and carefully watched over it, but unfortunately weren't successful in hatching an offspring. We look forward to seeing how she goes next year and whether she'll give Sven and Magic a little grand penguin chick. So, uh, yeah, you know, it it reminds me of that Parks and Rec episode where... uh, Leslie Nope uh, accidentally married the two male penguins, and then there was, you know, the fallout from, you know, the conservative side and the love on the liberal side of, of things, and uh, oh, no. all, all over just two penguins. You know, it's something Spinning that's true. and magic. They, what? Did we just become best friends? Yep. They are the lover penguins. They like to foster your penguins because they're magically lovers. Spin and magic. They're America's gay penguins. (laughs) So, yeah, you know, start out with uh, tiger eye surgery, move on to horrifying uh, spider in the tap onto a lovely story of two penguins who uh, helped hatch eggs. So, uh, yes, I was also I was also uh, texted during that by Friday. Um, that uh, Bella has helped Kevin the snake, and she is more better than I am at that. So 
See, look. Kudos, yeah. She's brave, braver than I. Even That's Bella is like, braver yeah. than Tone. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. I'm not holding the snake. <laughs> I don't blame you. Actually, I like snakes. But uh, in any case, folks, that does it for Animal Tales. When we come back, we've got a segment called Ridiculous TV and Movie Tropes. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Trope. Get everything you need for the Christian Phoenix Radio Show over at phoenixmedia.us or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash phoenixmediaradio. Now back to the show. Now back to the show indeed. This is the Christian Phoenix Radio Show and we are all over social media with many of you watching us as we speak on Facebook Live and YouTube Live. Now you can also stream us on your smart TV or mobile device by simply downloading the ngbn.tv app. Just go to the Phoenix Media channel there and you can get this show and all the other great Phoenix Media shows there as well. Now if you want to get a hold of me on social, I'm available at facebook.com forward slash Christian Phoenix Radio. That's Christian with K, Phoenix with an F, Radio of course, with an R, or on Instagram and Twitter at Phoenix Media Radio. Tony's available at facebook.com forward slash Tony Spark, that's S-P-A-R-K 81, or on Instagram at Tony.SanFilippo81. Well, folks, uh, this is a segment that we've done in the past, but, uh, you know, Tony and I are huge lovers of television and movies, and uh, there are certain tropes that uh, are almost difficult to look past. You know, there's a phenomenon known as suspension of disbelief, which basically is, you know, you're just sort of supposed to believe what's on screen for the sake of the story, even though parts of it may be unrealistic, but some are just too hard to overcome. And so that's what we're going to be exploring here on Ridiculous TV and Movie Tropes. Hold on to your butts. Ooh, they're being held. (laughs) So uh, this is one that always confounded me. One character hands another character a burner phone. You know, the phones where, uh, you know, they're untraceable and they're supposed to be a one-way communication at, at some point. So one of the characters, keep this on you day and night. It rings, you better answer. The other character, okay, do you have the charger? The what? This phone, did it come with a charger? It's not USB. Hey, you're you're the one giving out phones. It's charged now. How did you charge it? Yeah, you know, it's always that question of, uh, you know, somebody hands somebody else a burner phone. Well, unless you're calling them in the next 24 hours, that thing's probably out of juice by then. Where's yeah, the charger? You would, you would think. Burn. Yep. <laughs> good, good thinking on that one. Moving on with ridiculous TV and movie tropes. Hold on to your butts. Here's one that you always see. Uh, Women can be in the jungle for weeks and they don't have hair growing anywhere. Men immediately begin to grow a beard. And you see this in uh, shows like Lost and, uh, oh man, uh, uh, you know, obviously a castaway, even though it was just Tom Hanks. But uh, yeah, immediately the hair starts growing, which is probably a little more accurate than on the women's side who, you know, after a few weeks would have bushy legs, bushy armpits, and, uh, you know, but they never show that in the TV and movies. No, they always look really good. Walking Dead's another one. Yes, yeah. Yeah, Walking Dead, like, they never look like their hair's growing stuff, you know, like, I get, like, they eventually have to cover it because they do show them cutting and grooming, but but you're right, they do grow things real fast, so. The other one that uh, always sort of blows my mind, 
is in uh, period dramas or even period pieces. You know, we were watching uh, the second Mummy movie the other day, uh, the one with the Scorpion King. And, of course, you had uh, The Rock, who played the Scorpion King. And he had perfectly straight white teeth for somebody who existed in, like, 2000, 3000 B.C. Awfully good dental uh, care there back uh, <laughs> back then, thousands right? of years ago. Exactly. It's a sexy white teeth all the way back to 1492. <laughs> It'd be shiny and new. Moving on with ridiculous TV and movie tropes. Hold on to your butts. This one, always funny. Young singles living in million-dollar condos that overlook the city, especially in, like, New York City. And, you know, you watch these, uh, like, CW dramas, and, you know, these kids are living in these, you know, huge apartments in the middle of New York city that yeah, would cost million dollars or so to purchase. And uh, yeah, you know, they're, they're conveniently renting it or they're students or, you know, it's, man, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, no, there's <laughs> no way you can barely afford that stuff. Exactly. Unless your parents are paying for it, then maybe. Right. Right. Well, it's, you know, the one thing that came to mind was that show gossip girl where everybody there was incredibly rich. It's like, okay, that makes a little more sense, but not in most cases. Yeah. Let's keep moving on. Ridiculous TV and movie tropes. Hold on to your butts. Tony, if you're picturing a character in a movie walking down the street, they had just come to the grocery store. What would the groceries in their arms look like to you? What do you picture? Oh, like movie stars? I Not movie stars, but in movies. Just sort of, you know, the, the stereotypical somebody coming back from the grocery store. They they usually have a paper bag. They have like one paper bag with like some veggies and some bread. It's pretty cheesy. It's pretty basic. It's pretty basic, right? So, as this one says, everyone has one paper bag for groceries. It has a celery stalk and a loaf of French bread sticking out of the top. Yeah, always. I didn't even prompt you with that, and you nailed it almost to the T tone. That's <laughs> what you see on the shows, almost always. Let's keep moving on. Ridiculous TV and movie tropes. Hold on to your butts. Another one that I find funny related to phones. Somebody answers the phone, a character in the movie. Hello. They listen to the caller for one split second. What do you mean Tim got kidnapped by a drug cartel while he was shopping with his family in his trip to South America? You know, they need a little bit more time to explain what's happening, given the fact that the response obviously uh, indicated a much larger conversation. Unless it's Mortal Kombat, we have to go because they've been taken uh, to Nigeria. We must save them. (laughs) We are on our way (laughs) today. Yeah, still a terrible movie. I, I I considered I that's the, that's that's the kind of acting in it too. Yeah. That's that's the great thing. I considered we will fight today for Earthrealm tomorrow. Kung Pao. Uh, <laughs> Let it taste you to see it now. Uh, last night, as I was scrolling through looking for something to watch, uh, watch I act, actually considered rewatching it just to be like you know maybe. Maybe I was slightly biased the first go around, and I couldn't force myself to do it. Nah, couldn't you couldn't do it. do it. No, no. All right, let's keep rolling on, talking ridiculous TV and movie tropes. Hold on to your butts. 
Here's one that, uh, again, never understood. No one using a computer ever uses a mouse. It's just constant frantic typing. Now, we've talked about in the past how, like, everybody is proficient typers and they can just, you know, file a, you know, a million words a minute. But they're right. Nobody ever uses the mouse. What's wrong never. with the it's mouse? Always, it's always just like you can't, you can't see it on the screen, nope. but they're just typing away <laughs> real fast. Yeah. Yeah. And then, of course, you get, uh, you know, some of the uh, characters that you know in real life would be like the hunt and peck type. Yet yeah. somehow they're profession at, proficient at typing. So. Deleted. <laughs> Let's keep rolling on. Ridiculous TV and movie tropes. Hold on to your butts. Whenever a simple miscommunication happens, no one ever stops and clarifies this with the other person. Like if one 10-second conversation can derail an entire plot thread, I'm not interested. Uh, Yeah, you know, it happens all the time. And obviously a lot of uh, TV shows and movies utilize that miscommunication to drive the rest of the story. You see this in sitcoms a lot, um, which obviously, you know, they sort of need that in order to create a story for that specific episode. But... In real life, you know, a small miscommunication like that would be cleared up in 10 seconds as opposed to, you know, driving everything that happens to, you know, for the rest of that story. Right. <laughs> they like to drag that stuff out a bit, you know. Exactly. And uh, the example I like to use is, you know, we've been catching up on the show Frasier, which is hilarious. It's, it's a great show. Well-written, except for every other episode has to deal with some sort of miscommunication. It's like, how many miscommunications can you have, especially with psychiatrists who uh, should be specializing in the ability to communicate? Exactly. I know, I know that's a little bit part of it, but uh, still, that's the only thing that bugs me about it. Let's keep rolling on. Ridiculous TV and movie tropes. Hold on to your butts. Again, Uh, things that uh, obviously they do for the screen, not for the sake of the story, but having highly confidential conversations about four feet away from the people they are talking about and not being overheard. And it happens all the time. Again, mostly in sitcoms where somebody pulls another character aside and, you know, talks to them in a normal voice, doesn't even whisper when the other person's three feet away. And then they turn back to them and the other person's like, Oh, what were you talking about? Doesn't make any sense. (laughs) It makes no sense. None whatsoever. Moving on. Ridiculous TV and movie tropes. Hold on to your butts. Tony, in movies and TV, if a uh, girl unexpectedly vomits or gets, you know, physically ill, what would you say that the next plot point is? Uh, Just usually the hands and then it's like they make the noise and it's done. But plot point, what does that usually indicate for that woman? They're pregnant. Exactly. Yeah, almost every time. If somebody hiccups on screen, what does that indicate? They're drunk. If someone coughs, (coughs) black lung paw, what does that indicate? They're, They're faking. Uh, well, seriously, obviously, I didn't give the best example. But... Oh, oh, gotcha. Well, like with the black lung pot, that was like, oh, yeah. being over dramatic, like they're dying. Right. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you know, you nailed it. It's it's those tropes that uh, everybody sees coming based on what ended up happening. All right. Uh, moving on. Ridiculous TV and movie tropes. Hold on to your butts. Tony and I are big, well, I'm a big horror movie fan. Tony's a somewhat, 
big horror movie fan based I, on the I franchise. I like it. It's not, it's not my always go-to, though. And they even alluded to this in Scream, but uh, yeah, in horror movies, everyone runs upstairs. If there was something chasing, <laughs> if there was something chasing you, you wouldn't head for the door to get outside. No, you're also creeped out in the house, but you never turn on a light. No, you just run upstairs. Or what's even worse, they don't leave the damn house if it's haunted. They don't get the hell out of there. They keep going back. They keep doing it. It's the same thing. Um, <laughs> and when the killer's around, yeah. That's another cheesy thing, too. They can run and run, but and the killer can move super slow, but the killer always catches them. Always. Like Friday the 13th is a great one. It's always the girl, like, full speed. <laughs> and then she runs and runs, and here comes Jason. He's just walking, walking. And then, like, the chick is probably, like, two miles ahead of him, trips, and then he's just right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, never made any sense. Obviously, they do that for the horror effect. But uh, yeah, you know, if you if you have your logical hat on, it, it's a little confounding. But uh, yeah. in any case, folks, that does it for this segment. We're getting ready to head into the final segment of the show. You know what that means? It's time for this day in history. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Get everything you need for the Christian Phoenix Radio Show over at phoenixmedia.us or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash phoenixmediaradio. Now back to the show. And we are back, folks, and we've made it to the final segment of this episode of the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. Now, if you missed a portion of the show or you want to go back and catch up on any of the previous shows, go ahead and head over to phoenixmedia.us, click on the show's link, scroll on down to the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. From there, you can get video, you can get audio as well, or head over to wherever you get podcasts. Apple, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, Anchor Breaker, TuneIn, iHeart, Doozer, Dozer, Geezer, Gozer. Are you a god? <laughs> Doom by Steve. While you're there, be sure to subscribe. That way you always have the latest episode. Leave a review, let us know what you think, and tell your friends because why, Tony? Hello there. Sharing is caring. Hello there. Well, folks, uh, you know, we like to share we like to care which is why we do this segment each and every day drop a little knowledge on you hopefully make you laugh at the same time it is time for this day in history reversing the globe for the stories that turn the world on its head it's this day in history with your correspondent on the beat christian phoenix thanks siri all right uh, and i think tony's grabbing a prop because he looked ahead maybe but uh, in any case, this day in 1593, playwright Thomas Kidd's accusations of heresy lead to an arrest warrant for Christopher Marlowe. Back in the time when you could accuse anybody of anything and uh, typically ended up in death, getting your head chopped off, whatever it may be. But, uh, you know, they basically say that uh, they took the Lord's name in vain and that was the last you saw of your neighbor. Hey, heresy! There's an arrest for you, heresy. (laughs) Moving on this day in 1631, John Winthrop is elected the first governor of the Massachusetts Bay Colony. And uh, look at at that uh, nice little frilly collar around his neck. And, uh, you know, I guess Massachusetts was a fancy place back then. 
This is my frilly frill right here. I like it, and as I have to say is, I will be a good governor. Moving on. This day in 1803, Britain declares war on France after Napoleon Bonaparte continues interfering in Italy and Switzerland. The only reason he was interfering is because he wanted to make sure there was a Farrell's where he could get his Piggly Wiggly trough. Excellent! (laughs) There we go. Moving on, this day in 1812, John Bellingham, a Liverpool merchant who assassinated British Prime Minister Spencer, sorry, Spencer Percival, I'm telling you, words are hard today, on May 11th, is hung for the crime at the Old Bailey in London. Fatality. <laughs> <laughs> He's just dead. He's dead, yeah. Moving on, this day in 1896, the Kodinka? Kodinka tragedy. Russian words are hard. Words are hard Kodinka, enough as it is, but Russian. Kodinka tragedy. Kodinka field in Moscow. <laughs> A mass panic on Kodinka field, Moscow, during the festivities of the coronation of Russian Tsar Nicholas II, results in the deaths of 1,389 people. Um, I, I want more to this story. I want to know what were yeah. they panicking over and how did almost 1,400 people die as a result? Was it like the White Wedding in Game of Thrones or the Red Wedding? It was could, the Red Wedding. Could have been. Control Man Randy Savage is not happy with your decision, yeah. Here's something I didn't know, a little bit of uh, Disney-related sort of history. This day in 1897, Paul Dukas's Symphonic Shiro. Boy, words are really hard today. The Sorcerer's Apprentice, used in Disney's Fantasia film premieres, based on a poem by Johann Wolfgang von Goethe. So, uh, yeah, you know, I knew it was a classic uh, piece. I didn't realize that it was actually called The Sorcerer's Apprentice. That's awesome. I didn't either. Yeah, yeah. And probably one of... It's a very, very famous one from Fantasia with Mickey and the uh, Sorcerer's Hat and all the buckets or the brooms or... And they're walking with the water pails. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's been a long time since I've seen that movie, but the only two I remember are that one and the Demon on the Mountain, which was uh, the Hall of the Mountain King. And, uh, you know, I don't remember much else about Fantasia beyond that. I don't either. I know there was a Sega Genesis game of it. That's right. I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. You played as Mickey, the little sorcerer, the sorcerer's apprentice. Yep. Well, let's move on. This day in 1897, Herbert Henry Dow founds Dow Chemical in Midland, Michigan. Of course, you know, Dow, uh, everything from very dangerous chemicals all the way to, uh, you know, household cleaning products that we use every day. So without him, uh, you know, we we wouldn't have much. We wouldn't be able to combat the coronavirus. (laughs) I mean. Because, I mean, he, he created, like, with all those chemicals, he's able to get the Clorox wipes, you know, which kills COVID in, like, 15 seconds. Yeah. Clean. Yep. yeah. So he's the one we have to thank and or accuse of, uh, you know, maybe some other <laughs> things as well. But uh, I guess what, bitch? <laughs> <laughs> I that one more time. <laughs> Moving on this day in 1912, the Philadelphia Athletics beat the Tigers 24-2, who use amateurs in protest at Ty Cobb's suspension from the game. Could you imagine, like, your big league baseball team, you know, the the players end up protesting and they have to bring in just random people off the street to play for them? Like, how awesome would that be, like, to be a Rocky for a day, Tone? 
Yeah, it'd be, it'd be awesome. I'd probably contribute more than some. It's not true. They actually, it's the weirdest thing. It's They've got some good pieces, but they lose all the time. Now, this is crazy because the Tigers were super bad back then, too. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it's just crazy because the future Las Vegas Athletics beat the hell out of them. I like where you're going uh, with that. Yeah. <laughs> Let's keep rolling on. I'm rooting for it into existence. Yeah. This day in 1952, Professor W.F. Libby says Stonehenge dates back to 1848 B.C. Obviously, uh, thousands of years old. People don't know exactly what it was used for. Could have been a giant celestial clock. It could have been uh, put there by aliens. Who really knows? All I know is that there was a fantastic song created about it by uh, the iconic band Spinal Tap. Yeah, it it is crazy how that is at Easter Island and all that. It's just how these stones got there. So a lot of ex- unexplainable things that uh, would be difficult to do in this day and age, let alone thousands upon thousands of yeah. years ago. Thousands of years ago, I'm not sure how they would have done that because those are freaking huge stones. That's for sure. That they are. Speaking of freaking huge stones, this day in 1956, Mickey Mantle hits a home run from both sides of the plate for a record third time. Yeah. Just nice. what a great baseball player. And I've always envied uh, switch hitters. You know, I'm, I'm right-handed, so I hit one way and I've tried left-handed, but uh, never quite the same. Yeah. I, I was actually able to do uh good, both right and left. Like right's my dominant one, but I could do really well left. I used to, used to piss people off in softball because I would do the, at every bat, I'd throw them off because I bat one way I, uh-huh. and then do the other. Hey, it, and then you know, as I tactic. got older, obviously I wasn't as good at it. So, <laughs> yeah. oh, I miss softball. Yeah. That was fun. Yeah, it was good times. Moving on, this day in 1965, Ray Dolby founds Dolby Laboratories in London, England. Uh, I would assume, and again, it doesn't expand on that, but uh, that this is the Dolby behind sound systems. Especially when you go to the movies and you enjoy that Dolby Atmos surround where it's that atmospheric coming at you from all sides and over the top. Uh, Just a brilliant, brilliant sound company. Oh, if Dolby is top-notch, top-notch sound. Absolutely. Uh, Moving on this day in 1980, Mount St. Helens erupts in Washington State, causing the largest landslide in history, killing 57 people and costing $1 billion in damage. And I don't think I realized that Mount St. Helens had erupted as early as or as recently as 1980. Right. Well, because we haven't had a big volcanic eruption in our lifetime. Yeah. At least Um, not in the U.S. No, that was just a year before us. So, yep. Crazy. All right. Uh, This day in film history, this day in 1995, Braveheart, directed by Mel Gibson and starring Mel Gibson and Sophie Marceau, premieres at the Seattle Film Festival Obviously went on to win Best Picture in 1996. Fantastic film. And of course, before Mel Gibson had his falling out for his uh, anti-Semitic rant. But, uh, you know, he's making a little bit of a comeback now. Yeah, that was a great movie. Back then in the 90s, 80s and 90s, he was a huge actor. Nowadays, he's kind of like, no offense to Travolta or Nick Cage, but he's kind of those more direct-to-video type flicks exactly yeah and and then finally this day in 2001 dreamworks pictures shrek starring mike myers eddie murphy and cameron diaz in voiceover roles debuts and in the morning i'm making waffles 
<laughs> that was a great movie. That was a actually all of them were really good. The original was probably the best, but they were all really good. Yep. And then finally, before we head out for the day, let's run down some of today's holidays. Where we talk about the things that we like to celebrate. For instance, today is National Dinosaur Day. So uh, go out and get yourself a dinosaur. It is I Love Reese's Day. Both uh, my son. Reese's are good. And the chocolate. It is International Museum Day. It is National Visit Your Relatives Day, if you can. Okay. It is Mother Whistler Day, you know, that uh, famous picture. It is National Cheese Souffle Day. Ooh. It is National Stress Awareness Day. It is No you Dirty are. Dishes Day. And it is Send an Electronic Greeting Card Day. So uh, send that e-card, give some uh, somebody some Reese's, and uh, visit a relative. And, uh, you know, join us back here tomorrow. Tomorrow is Wednesday when words are hard, at least more so than today. See y'all then, folks. Go Avs, go!